गुड मॉर्निंग एवरीबॉडी आई स्नेग्ध शर्मा आई एम गोइंग टू प्रेजेंट द हिंदू एडिटोरियल डेटेड ट्वेंटी फर्स्ट अक्टूबर टू थाउजेंड ट्वेंटी दिस पॉडकास्ट इज फॉर दोपरेशन Hi everybody the first article of the day is offset dilution in defense a flawed policy turn as an episode in india's aerospace industry shows it can succeed if it is designed and executed correctly this article is written by sunil mani and r nagraj recently the government diluted the offset policy in defense procurement reportedly in response to a controller or an auditor general of india's report tabled in parliament last month many contend that the movie is a setback of augmenting domestic capabilities or for realizing the goal of atmanirbhar bharat but why is it a setback for the goals under atmanirbhar bharat the experience with the procedure in the aerospace industry since 2005 seems to offer useful lessons in redesigning defense offsets what is an offset policy and how is it expected to boost domestic capabilities what lesson can we draw from a similar system in the aerospace industry these questions are addressed below offset ties up the ends Most countries restrict trade in defense equipments and advanced technologies in order to safeguard national interests. Yet, for commercial gains and for global technological recognition, governments and firms do not like to do like to expand the trade. Negotiated bilateral sales between countries are a way out of the dilemma. Soft credit often sweetens the deals. with the restrictions imposed on use modification and resale of such equipment and technologies to protect the proprietary knowledge and expertise embedded in them in such trade negotiations the pride of the product is one of the many other factors geopolitics and the technical know-how involved in the equipment weigh in considerably since the contracts are for the long term with the technological fixities fixities the product and technology compel buyers to stick to them for the advantage of bulk purchase and dependence on the suppliers for spares and upgrades in in other words there is considerable path dependency in such choices rendering the decisions difficult to reverse developing country buyers often lack an industrial base and research and development facilities which take a long time to mature the price and the terms of the contract often reflect the government's relative bargaining strength and also domestic political and economic consideration large buyers such as india seek to exercise their buying power to secure not just the lowest price 
they also try to acquire the technology to upgrade domestic production and build research and development capabilities the offset clause used globally is the instrument for securing these goals a number of changes initiated in 2005 the offset clause has a requirement of sourcing 30% of the value of the contract domestically indigenization of production in a strict time frame and training indian professionals in high tech skills for promoting domestic research and development however the policy has been tweaked many times since as of two th- november 2019 as in a reply to a parliamentary question the defense ministry had signed 52 offset contracts worth 12 billion dollar via indian offset partners or domestic firms the duration of these contracts extend up to 2022 according to the recent cag report mentioned above between 2007 and 2018 the government reportedly signed 46 offset contracts worth rupees 66427 crore of investment however the realized investments were merely 8% or worth 5457 crore rupees reportedly technology transfer agreements in the offset were not implemented failing to accomplish the stated policy objective we are unable to verify the claim as the government has not put in place an automatic monitoring system for offset contracts as initially promised on september 28th the government has diluted this policy further henceforth the offset clause will not be applicable to bilateral deals and deals with a single monopoly seller to begin with setback for defense most defense deals are bilateral as stated above or a single supplier deal given the monopoly over the technology the dilution means practically giving up the offset clause sounding the death knell of india's prospects for boosting defense production and technological self-reliance the government however has defended the decision by claiming a cost advantage it is lamentable excuse for the reported public failure price is but one of many factors in such deals as explained above the higher upfront cost of the agreement due to the offset clause would pay for itself by reducing cost in the long term by indigenization of production and the potential technology spillovers for domestic industry hence giving up the offset clause is undoubtedly a severe setback short lived in aerospace the offset policy can however exceed if it is designed and executed correctly as a parallel episode in aerospace industry industry demonstrates despite the heft of hindustan aeronautics limited 
India is a lightweight in global civilian aircraft manufacturing as a public sector giant mostly devotes itself to defense production. The much touted National Civil Aviation Aircraft Development Project to come up with an indigenously designed regional transport aircraft RTA has remained a non-starter from day one. However, with the introduction of the offset policy in 2005, things changed dramatically. For contracts valued at 300 crore rupees or more, 30% of it will result in offsets implemented through Indian offset partners. As aerospace imports rose rapidly, so did the exports via the offsets by whooping 544% in 2007. compared to the previous year by 2014 exports increased to 6.7 billion dollar from a paltry 62.5 million dollar in 2005 according to the united nation corporate database the offset clause enabled india to join the league of the world's top 10 aerospace exporters The, un- the only country without a major domestic aerospace firm the success was short lived however exports plummeted after the offset clause was relaxed primarily when the threshold for the policy was raised from the hither to 300 crore rupees to 2000 crore rupees in 2016 the offset exports fell to 1.5 billion dollar by 2019 The 2005 policy helped promote a vibrant aerospace cluster mostly micro small and medium enterprises around Bengaluru. The policy dilution undid success. The moral of the story is therefore everyone to see. Aiding self-reliance. Reportedly because of the CAG's critical remarks in its latest report tabled in the parliament The government has virtually scrapped the defense offset policy. Thus, India has voluntarily given up a powerful instrument of bargaining to acquire a scarce advanced technology, a system that large and politically ambitious nations seek to exercise. There are successful examples to draw lessons from, as the aerospace industry episode demonstrates. India needs to reconceive or reimagine the offset clause in defense contracts with stricter enforcement of the deals in national interest and in order to aim for Atmanirbhar Bharat Abhiyan or a self-reliant India. Sunil Mani is a director of Center for Development Studies Tiruvananthapuram. R Nagraj is a professor Indira Gandhi Institute of Development Research Mumbai. the views expressed are personal thank you all the next article of the day is hecklers veto films can be subjected to criticism after their release but not stymied before they are made Opposition from sections of Tamils has led to versatile Tamil film star Vijay Sethupathi withdrawing from a planned biopic on the Sri Lankan bowling legend Muthiya Muralidharan. 
opponents mainly from the Tamil film industry and political parties in Tamil Nadu claim that Murli Thiran had whitewashed genocide by not raising his voice against the Sri Lankan state and warned the actor against playing his character contending that that he would only jeopardize his career and alienate his fan following it is a shame that these protests have prevented a talented actor from essaying a role based on the story of murli tharan who scaled himalayan peaks in international cricket through talent and determination nothing the unfair and unrelenting attacks on setu pati to the point of accusing him of being a traitor murli tharan appealed to the actor to keep out of the biopic the ultimate decision may have been murli tharan's own but it is quite clear that the setu pati dropped the idea only after the onslaught the film's motion poster released recently had evoked great expectations among cinema affection efficientos especially because of the actor's highly convincing resemblance to the cricketer appropriately named 800 in celebration of the number of t- test wickets the bewitching of spinner bagged the biopic appears to aim at showcasing his rise in the backdrop of the violent ethnic conflict that shook sri lanka for three decades exponents of art being cut down by protest is not new to tamil nadu the real problem in the latest example of popular intolerance prevailing over artistic ventures is that an old chestnut in tamil nadu politics the the idea that every tamil should pass a tamil nationalistic test has been resurrected to stimmy this project too madras cafe a hindi film could not be screened in the state after opposition to its portrayal of the ltte In 2008 a Sri Lankan producer was forced to give up his footage while he was in Chennai to process his film at a studio Some of those who demanded that Setupati withdraw from the biopic have emphasized that they were merely making an appeal to him given his past political views in favor of causes that resonate with the people of Tamil Nadu Whether it was an appeal or a threat it is a no brainer that pressure was brought to bear on an artist to give up his professional decision as for murli tharan's political views it may be that some of his remarks were seen as supporting the sri lankan army's triumph over the ltte and questioning the truth behind the grief of the mothers of the disappeared thousands However, that is no reason to run down his monumental achievements in his chosen sport. And nothing prevents any detractor from questioning the film's motive or content after its release. It is unfortunate that the heckler's veto has prevailed. Thank you. The article of the day is The Triumph of Hope. Inclusive politics and decisive governance won another term for Edran in New Zealand. 
Jacinda Ardern was expected to win Saturday's parliamentary election in New Zealand. Given that almost all opinion polls had predicted this for the 40-year-old global liberal icon noted for her inclusive politics and tough handling of the coronavirus pandemic. But it was the margin of the victory that surprised many. Her centre-left Labour Party won 49.1% of the popular vote and is projected to take 64 seats in the 120-member parliament. This is Labour's greatest victory in almost 50 years and the biggest victory of any party since the nation adopted a proportional representation voting system, which gives assembly seats to any party winning more than 5% vote in 1996. The opposition centre-right National Party won 26.8% of the vote and is projected to take 35 seats, down from the 56 seat it won in the previous election. Ms. Adrian, who came to in, who came to power in 2017 by forming a coalition with the Greens and the Nationalist New Zealand First Party, faced unprecedented challenges in her first term. From the Christchurch terrorist attack and the White Island of volcanic eruption to the COVID-19 outbreak. She herself had turned the polls into a de facto referendum on her government's handling of the pandemic by calling it the COVID election. New Zealand, home to over 5 millions, recorded just 25 pandemic deaths, one of the lowest fatality rates in the world. It has eliminated community transmission by imposing strict lockdowns and brought back relative normalcy after the election. What makes Mr. Adrian's victory significant is that her brand of politics, socially liberal, economically inclusive and politically democratic, has bucked bucked the trend of conservatives and the anti-immigrants, anti-minority, far-right parties making gains in crisis-ridden societies, offering a new way of governance. She presented herself as an empathetic co-citizen who happens to be running the government. This approach was successfully tested when a far-right terrorist opened fire at two mosques in Christchurch in March 2019, killing 51. She immediately reached out to the country's Muslim minority and backed a bill that banned most assault-style weapons. She has also promised to alleviate child poverty and fight climate change more vigorously. Inclusive politics and a humane approach coupled with quick decisive actions to tackle crisis transformed her into the most popular New Zealand leaders. But the emphatic victory also means great expectations. The lockdown have had a very economic, heavy economic cost, a contraction by 12.2% in April and June. One of the criticisms she faced during the campaign was that she did not have recovery plan. The COVID-19 threat is still looming large. She will have to prove her critics wrong and live up to the expectations of those who supported her while ruling for. What she said, all New Zealanders. Thank you all.